Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we're doing things a little differently. My guest is actually interviewing me for her podcast, the Decide It's Your Turn, the podcast. She's been on reality TV, slated on the golf course as a professional golfer, and now as a confidence and success coach. She's the one and only Christina LaCour, and you'll get to meet her right after this. I love food and I love talking about Arkansas products, so this is a perfect segue to talk about this. It's the Ralston Family Farms. This is the Nature's Blend. It's sold in a carton. You can hear that. It sits up easily in your pantry. You close it when you're finished. It's not gonna spill everywhere. And it's delicious rice every time. This is a family who's been farming for 10 generations now. A family in North Arkansas and some important things about the way that they farm regenerative farming is involved. That's the method where the farmers take a keen interest in the soil and water use and fertilizer. The water is from the nearby Arkansas River where they live. Sustainable farming is another tenant of the Ralston family, and they only mill what they grow. They have full traceability from seed to carton, non-GMO product, and delicious every time. They have delicious rice in six core varieties, including white basmati, the aromatic purple and red, this one. I love the golden. I, I mean, I love all the things. You will too. Wondering where you can get yours wherever you are in the U.S.? Go to RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Hey, y'all. I am so excited today for my guest, my girlfriend, Lisa Fisher. And for those of you, yeah, what up? You can't see <laughs> what up? I know. She just throw deuces. Like that's exactly the reason why I'm so excited. You're like, what up? Right. <laughs> well, before we kind of get started, Lisa and I have been friends um, probably about five or six years now, but we've known each other a lot longer than that. And you are a woman who was in the very first mastermind I ever did, but I knew you way before that. And I really wanted to have you on this podcast today. And um, I'm going to tell you, tell everyone the story about when I asked you to actually do this. And I thought it was like a really <laughs> cool lesson. But um, the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast today is Lisa is a little bit older than me, actually 20 years to be exact. And you have such an energy for life. And I just am totally drawn to that totally inspired by that. So I'm so thankful that you're here today. Thank you. I am. I have a young spirit. I've always done that. I've always been kind of on the cutting edge of what people are doing. I want to know what the next big, big thing is, and I want to ride the wave with it. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit at home uh, on my front porch, you know, knitting booties and uh, doing nothing. I'm, I'm always in the middle of something. And so even being on your podcast, super pumped up about it because I love to share just my enthusiasm for life. It's something either you have or you don't. And I've always had it. And I always just kind of see that the glass is half full and there's a lot that we can do every day. Oh, okay. So before, like, because the, there's actually something I wanted to touch on there is like, I don't know if you're born with it or you can't train yourself to do it. But before we do that, mm -hmm. let's introduce who the heck you are, girlfriend. So tell us a little bit about who you are, why you're here. And um, yeah, just like what you do, lady. 
So I'm just this, uh, I call myself the Oprah of Arkansas. That's how I introduce myself on uh, different social media platforms, including Clubhouse. And it's because, it's because I've interviewed everybody. I've talked to everybody. Um, I've been in the middle of media since the 1980s. I mean, we've said my age. I'm 58 years old. I started reporting uh, for a TV station here in Little Rock in 1985. Started in radio right after that. I'm a journalist at heart. So a journalist is usually someone who's a little bit nosy, you know, likes to know, get in the middle of things. I like to get answers to questions. So it's just kind of a lot of that is uh, innate to me. Christina is wanting to know that's the nosy part of me. What's next? What are people doing? Um, I'm just always been in the middle of things. So starting with that and doing radio and TV in the 80s, um, being just being in the middle of it all those years. Took a little bit of a break to have children, raise my children, homeschooled them for 15 years. But while I was homeschooling, I got back on the radio. I thought I'd retired from all my different things. And the radio and TV stations would always say, hey, would you fill in for us? And I would. I would kind of say, oh, I can do this for a little bit. And then in 2006, a radio station in Little Rock, Arkansas, that was the number one radio station at the time. It was B98.5 asked if I would come and uh, just fill in for two days in 2006 with um, a delightful co-host. His name is Jeff Matthews. I call him the king of Conway. You know, I said, you could run for mayor of Conway. They just He's just beloved. And so I filled in those two days and I le- never left. I came home with a contract and then I kind of ramped back up my um, media consumption and my media appearances. Not that I'm necessarily trying to manipulate a career. I'm not trying to brand myself as anything. I'm authentic. I mean, I am who I am. My friend, Natalie Gadotti, who is a public relations person in Arkansas, calls me the OG of influencers. She goes, you were influencing before it was a thing because I've always had an opinion about something but not everything. And so the things I don't have opinions about, I let the experts talk about. But girl, if it's eyelashes, uh, Botox, or uh, breast lifts, I'm your girl. I can help you. Oh my gosh. I love it so, so much. You know, I I really, really appreciate Lisa. Again, I'm so thankful that you've decided to do the podcast with me today. And when I asked you, I think that this is really important for people to understand is you're right. You are someone who has definitely had an opinion. You have been very straightforward with your opinion. And one of the reasons why I respect you is when I asked you to do this podcast, obviously Lisa knows who I am. She knows I've been around, you know, what I kind of brand myself as, and you know, I'm definitely a woman of faith, but I used some four letter words and I actually think it was really, really cool how you and I had a really civil conversation and respected each other so, so much in Um, you deciding to do this podcast, you said to me, Christina, I love you. I respect you, but if you're going to cuss, it's just not my brand. And I respected you enough to say, absolutely. 110%. I could do without cussing. I did radio for a really long time as well. And I did television and I'm able to do that. And that's one of the things that I respect so much about you is that you and I can have very high level conversations and respect the heck out of one another and not judge anything about it. And I just, that's another reason why I totally Like, yeah, I just totally respect you and why I think that you being on this podcast is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just a cool understanding that people I think need to have is that you can have a difference of opinions on the way that you live your life, but you can totally love and respect each other at the same time. So I definitely wanted to point that out there um, that we were able to do that. And I encourage so many other people to do that as well. But getting back to, you know, how you are now 
you know, 58 years old and you are still literally inspiring me every single day to kind of go all in on life. And I think in the last few years I've watched you and one of the things that you've done and, and to correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you started intermittent fasting, do you think that you kind of like turned a next like switch on in your life? I think you doubled down then. I did, but I didn't know that was part of my path. I thought the path was just getting healthy because we say intermittent fasting is a health plan with the side effect of weight loss. So the weight loss was really just a small percentage, but it's giving myself the empowerment to um, not listen to what doctors have to say about my body, not listen to what the public has to say about my body, but for me to listen to what my body has to say. And so by listening to your body, that then has unleashed this other side to me that now I'm reinventing myself. I'm still doing radio and TV, but I've always given medical advice because I always felt like uh, the 15 minutes you have with your healthcare provider, and this is because of the, we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system in the United States. It's the way that um, third-party pay insurance paradigm is. You go in, that guy's on a clock or that gal, whoever you're meeting with, and they can only tell you what they can tell you in that 15 minutes because they got to get to the next contestant, right? So I started realizing that my own health was overlooked uh, in 2003 for about four years. I have thyroid disease and some other things, but because I'm energetic and enthusiastic and I have a good sense of humor, I'm going and tell people I'm sick and tired. They go, oh, you're so funny. And I go, this isn't part of my comedy routine. But all that to say, so that started in me, kind of gave me the fire in my belly to realize a healthcare provider doesn't know me like the way I know me. And then intermittent fasting did something that spoke to me in a way that I'll, I never look at a calorie and I'll never look at um, a diet. I'll never be on a diet. I'll, I'll just listen to my body. And so I eat in a time restricted manner of, um, you know, so maybe a four hour window, but that changes too. Cause I listen to my body. And then that in turn, Christina has given me, um, the, the green light to start, uh, integrative, the Institute for integrative nutrition being a health coach. So in September, I'll have my health coaching certificate, which you've told me for years. I said, I can charge then you go, girl, I've been telling you you should be charging all these other years but I don't know why I don't know why because I don't know if it's the legality and just coming from a family of lawyers that I don't want anyone coming after me if I give advice and that's why I didn't want to charge you but now I'll have something that kind of protects me with that so you've always and uh, a couple of friends of mine another media guy in town uh David Basil who is a former Arkansas Razorback was on the radio here he said I know Christina's on me all the time you ought to start charging for this stuff and I said I know you've given me then that ability to go in and say no I'm gonna have to charge you for that I know it's a charity but you have to pay somebody something anyway so you've given me you've wet my appetite for that thank you for that Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. Because I totally do believe that, right? You've given so much free value uh, over such a long period of time and you have so much to give. And I think it's super inspiring. And I, I believe 110% if every uh, money is an energy. I believe that from day one, that money is an energy. And so if you are adding energy, you're adding life to someone's life, you should be rewarded for that. I don't actually ever think about money in my business. I just always think about the impact that I'm making. And if you think about the impact that you're making, you know that you're going to be energetically and monetarily rewarded for that. And I think when you switch the mindset of like, oh, I'm charging someone is a negative thing. I don't ever look at anything that I do as a negative thing. I always look like I'm adding value to someone's life. So they're adding value to my life. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And you know, you also uh, introduced to me a new paradigm when you approached me about um, the mastermind class. 
that was maybe November of 2017, probably. Oh, five years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe 2016. And um, I'd been, we've been to an event together because I am seeing a bunch of things. And that's when you pulled me over and said, girl, if you're not charging for this, you're doing it all wrong. I was like, charge me. <laughs> you know, I was breathe, breathing in a paper bag going, I can't do that. And then you totally helped me with that. But I remember when you approached me about mastermind, I don't know if you remember, I asked you, I said, is that a multi-level marketing? Because I said, I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to do it. I don't want to sign up for anything. You're like, girl, no. So I, 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 I love our mastermind class we had, our group. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely, I remember that exactly. I remember when I sent you the email, you're like, oh my gosh, she's trying to sell me something. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to change your life, but you know, I know, I know it, it really does matter for sure. You know, I think again, one of the reasons why, um, I was so drawn to you in the beginning and I, I feel like you're very much the same thing. You know, I talk about deciding it's your turn in life, but I've talked all the time about like who you surround yourself with very high vibrational people. And I think that you attract a certain type of person into your life. Like you probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably don't have a ton of negative Nellies in your life. I I can't have them. No, I can't have them. No, I can't. There's no room. There's no room. If I have a conversation with you and I sigh or I do it emotionally, it's not a good fit. And that's also something I'm going to have to pull the trigger on. Um, in health coaching school, they tell us if there's someone who comes to you that drains you, you're going to have to tell them, I'm probably not your best health coach, which will be hard for me to utter those words because there's a side of me, not that I want to rescue anybody, but there's a side to me that says, but maybe I can help them. But if it's draining the life out of me, I can't do it. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I have, oh, so true. I've had clients over the years that I'm like, it does not matter how much you pay me. It is right. not the right alignment. Right. But I also think of it, you can think of it this way as well, is that you're actually doing that person a service just because you and I are very like outgoing mm-hmm. and very extroverted mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. the things. There is people that will thrive much better with a much introverted person. So I'm That's always, true. I've always looked at it like, oh, it's perfect. The universe will find them the perfect person. They're definitely not my people for sure. But right. Well, also the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So we really are to be with people. Uh, it's my it, my friend always reminded me, you know, game recognizes game. And I know that's a 2007 term, but it's something that still applies now that I really want to, you know, our time is short. These days are flying by and I just can't spend the time with people who, um, are, are just sour or just pissy. I just, no pissy people for me. Even my kids, I I just always said, you just need to chin up and do your best. And you know, now I'm a hustler. My kids are hustlers. You know, they each, my engineer son has two other jobs. My model daughter launched a clothing company and is in, in also in health coaching school. My daughter, who's a mom, it has three different jobs, not because they're all trying to suck up all the money they can get. They're trying to grab the bull by the horns, grab life by the horns and, and kill it. And, and they is my oldest one who's an introvert, who's the opposite of me, but is a hustler. She told me the other day, I said, oh my gosh, Cindy, you've got so many jobs. She goes, mom, I'm just like you. And I went, do I work that much? Do I, I said, do I do that many things? She goes, mom, you've always, since we were young, even when you were homeschooling us, you still were out doing TV work here, doing radio work here, writing articles for that. And I go, oh, I've always been a plate spinner. It's just kind of my wiring. You, you do too. You have a million things that you do every day. 
because we feel like too, I have a lot I have to share and I feel like God gives us that responsibility um, because the Bible also talks about the older kind of shepherding and teaching the younger. And so I definitely feel like we have that responsibility, but it's also much more fun. You know, I just have a, I want to have fun every day when my feet hit the floor, I want to make sure I think in my mind, what fun am I going to have today? And so like, this is so fun to me getting to talk to you. Oh my gosh. I a hundred percent agree. I was just in Dallas with one of my best friends who's been on this podcast. His name is Justin Pointer and he's one of the most successful golf coaches in the world. He's very low key, but he says every day, he's like, I literally blink because I get paid to live my purpose. Like, oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I think that you and I and outside perspective people, like I feel like, and, and Dan Rooney, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Dan Rooney said this on my podcast. He says, I feel like I'm one of the specialist people, or I have one of those specialist lives on the planet where I actually get to wake up and get paid to have this much fun and live this life. Oh, that's a great perspective. Isn't it? And I feel mm-hmm. like you and I are actually mm-hmm. in that life. Like we have created a life by deciding that, you know, we are going to have a life that we actually get paid to do what we love to do. Life's too short. Life's too short to spend it with things that are draining you. And so I want to do things that give me energy and give me life. So that's a good point. Totally. I know you were adopted as a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you believe that you were born this way or do you believe that it was like from your family upbringing? Talk a little bit about that because I want people to understand that they can like choose this. Well, I have a really incredible story. And so uh, my story starts back in Newark, New Jersey, right outside of New York City in the 60s. And I was born and I'm going to tell you all this because it it paves the way. I was born to uh, a beautiful red haired mother and a Jewish father. And my father ran around with Rodney Dangerfield in the 50s and 60s. And they were comics. They were also sighting salesmen. So they were comedy clubs. Now, Rodney Dangerfield had a different name then. He changed it when he started you know, getting into showbiz. So um, that 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 is my DNA, a very witty father. And my mother was the first uh, Miss New Orleans. And so a beautiful red haired mother. Um, but they were both addicts and uh, addicts are always, you know, they were just battling something all the time. They uh, divorced when I was very young. My mother remarried. She married another addict. You know, she could pick them who finally ended up killing himself. So I had a lot of uh, trauma in my life. Um uh, I was sexually abused young. Um, my mother just kind of couldn't keep her eye on me because she was, you know, she had an addiction issue. But I thought I was in the Smithsonian, Christina. I thought I was the only child ever born because my mother doted on me. So that gave me confidence. That really, be- I believed in myself. I've never once doubted myself. I need to doubt myself sometimes because I need to hush, you know. But I, I've never had that problem of wondering, am I, I don't know. I Am I worthy of this? I'm like, no, I'm pretty good at some things. Now, I know I'm not good at everything. Those are things I'm not talking about math today. I'm not talking about the stock market. I'm not talking about oil prices because I don't care about all that. You know, I'm talking about the things I like to talk about. So all that to say, my mother and I then moved to New Orleans where she was from. And my mother, um, three weeks after my 12th birthday, overdosed and she passed away. So then I had to regroup and my cousins in Arkansas. It was a, a legal family in Southeast Arkansas, came to get me for a few days and that was, you know, 40 something years ago. They adopted me and they ended up raising me. So, you know, I've always asked, is it nurture or nature? 
you know, that did this. So I think a lot of mine is DNA, very witty father, um, a mother who believed in me. Um, because then when I moved in with the, the Gibson family, who I ended up naming my children after I changed my last name to Gibson, um, uh, they weren't that impressed with me. They were like, you know, they had a cigarette and a drink going, honey, you're in front of Charlie's Angels. We need to watch something funny. You know, I'd come in going, now for my next act, I've got something really funny to tell you. Well, they weren't that impressed. So then I kind of had a, I then started reinventing myself. I started realizing when I went to college that everybody was a cute girl from their hometown with cute clothes and you know, good personality. So I was like, but what can I do to set myself apart from all that? And that was when I just started realizing we we have this, in, or I have an innate desire, you do too, to kind of market myself, to kind of leverage myself above the competition. And in that we all have different gifts that we contribute. So that's why it took a long way. Yeah, I went the long route to tell you, I think in my case, it's both nurture and nature. I think, you know, moving to a small town, remember, I came from Newark, New Jersey to New Orleans to suck your toe, Arkansas. Vermont, <laughs> Arkansas is a tiny little town that doesn't even have a stoplight. I'd never seen anything like it. You know, I was I was from the city girl. You know, I'd never seen anything like it. But that also gave me a resilience, Christina, to go out there and to kind of hustle it. They thought I talked funny. They thought I looked funny. You know, there was nothing about me that fit that the template of people in Arkansas at that time, you know, then I did get some Southern charm along the way and I picked up a Southern accent that I know, but I just started realizing that really helped me. It really, though, it was very dark, you know, losing your mother at a young age, moving with people you don't know. My father was still an addict. He was an alcoholic in um, New York and New Jersey and not knowing, you know, anything, but it, it gave me a resilience that I have today that, so I really credit both in that case for me. Hmm. How do you, because I always want these podcasts to like give people something. So a person who's going through a kind of a difficult time, obviously your childhood was uh, extreme highs and lows. I always want people to walk away with a takeaway. So like, what would be the number one takeaway you would say to someone who's going through a hard time right now? And that like really wants to set themselves apart above the crowd, above the noise. What would you, what would you say? Well, part of it is um, that your situation is likely temporary. Now, it could last a long time, but temporary in that things can often be changed. You may have to make a difficult decision. You may have to pull the trigger on something you don't want to pull. It may be a relationship. It may be there's addiction. There may be mental illness that has not been addressed. I want those people to get the help they need. I'm a big proponent of mental health because I do think the roots of my mother and father and all the people before me with mental health issues, with addiction issues, I think the root for them may have been depression, which is under the mental health umbrella, as well as bipolar, schizophrenia. So my point is it can be temporary in that you may have to make a difficult decision to get out of that. And then it is finding what is your sweet spot? You know, for me, I do like helping people. I do like being with people. Like when we had lunch a month ago, I was giddy about that. We had the best time. We solved the problems of the world that day. Oh, we did. If they would just listen to us, girl. <laughs> I know, but you, and you really gave me a lot of, you have a lot of chutzpah, which is a Jewish term for, you know, a lot of gumption that you were like, no, I'm 
not doing that. And, no, and you know, you don't waver. And that is a characteristic a lot of people don't have. I can sometimes waver because when you do grow up in addiction, there is a tendency often to then go, well, I may have to, if I may need to make this decision different so that I can keep them happy. Well, you're not responsible for anybody else's happiness. Mm-hmm. But that's something that's taken me years and years and years to understand. And I will say this also with me and with you, I married the right man. Totally. 100%. And when you when you marry the right person, that makes life a lot easier. Is it perfect around here? Heck to the gnaw, you know. No, because we are different humans. That humans in my other room, we're different humans and we're trying to uh, agree and make life cohesive and work. And it's hard, but I married the right man. So that helps me in my direction. It helps me with my trajectory. Um, it helps me in raising these kids. We have the same values. I'd say both of us being Christians has made my life a lot easier. Um, and those are things that probably I, I could just encourage everybody find someone who's like-minded, maybe comes from a like-minded background, may not be, a, we don't even have the same backgrounds, but we are both faith based. So that's helped us. So we have something we can lock arms on, Chris and I can, and move toward and go, this is our finish line. You know, we'll never get to it until we're buried and we're reunited with Jesus, but this is where we're going. And so that helps us set our goals and try to reach our goals. And plus, I have a husband. Here's one more thing. And just like you do, Chris is very truthful with me. Never mean, not a mean bonus body, but he's truthful. So he'll say, yay or nay to me. I'll go, what do you think about me pursuing this? He's like, yes, I think it's great. What about this? Sometimes he has to say no. And he's, he's right. You know, cause he's trying to be objective with me. So as you see, I'm still doing a million things. So yeah, there's not like I can even think of anything he said no about, but if, if I ever come to him, I know he has my back and I know he'll look at me and go, that's probably not a good fit for you. I'll go, okay, good. And it helps me reevaluate. So having a truth teller in your life, that helps a lot. You are a truth teller for a lot of people who probably don't have one, Christina, that you don't realize. Mm, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, something that you just said right there that I think is, um, have you always come from your faith? Have you always had a faith background? No, mm -mm, mm -mm. I, I was, I was. Yeah, I was raised, in fact, in a Jewish home, but really an agnostic home. And then when I went to the University of Arkansas, um, a girl in a biology class told me about how to have faith in Jesus. And that was October 19th, 1983. And that's when my life changed in that direction. It changed. It unlocked everything for my future. Yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't come, you know, my parents just didn't really know. Like we've gone to church like two or three times. Like I'd heard of God. I was kind of like, you know, it's this prayer that I recited instead of actually having a relationship with God. And for me, it was like figuring out, like for me, I was kind of at like the bottom of the bottom. And I was like, okay, apparently I can't do this by myself. So there's got to be something bigger than me. But, you know, it's interesting. The more work that I've done, I've definitely, you know, some everyone who knows me and works with me and follows me, knows that I'm faith-based. Um, I know I use God, source, universe, all the things. Um, not everyone is, but I will tell you, it's so interesting that I think like even someone like yourself, myself, you know, just putting our lives out there because whether we realize it or not, a lot of people look like 
I will say it. One of the reasons why I am successful in my business is because so many people, quote unquote, want my life. They want my attitude. They want my confidence. They want my relationships, my friendships. They they want some aspect of the things that I have. And I I I'm a, I literally do not do any type of comparison. But I will say, like the overall picture of my life and your life is what people aspire to. And I think without my faith based, and I, I am the type of person, whether everyone believes it or not, I use God source universe because I had to have that in order for me to come to Jesus. So that's the reason why I use it. But I think it's super interesting that most people who have the type of life that we have, have to have some sort of faith. Oh, I couldn't do without it. I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would be completely disabled mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, spiritually, and you know, it, it's the thing too. You realize when you're raising your kids that their faith has to be then their own. It's not something they inherit. And so, just as my son was leaving, uh, he was here. All both my all three of my kids were home this weekend, Little Rock, um, because of birthday parties and stuff. And two went back to Dallas. And I just reminded my son who, you know, engineers look at things in a different lens than the rest of us and, you know, physics-based and all that. And I just said, you know, Gibson, I, I my maiden name, I named him after the people who adopted me. I said, um, just reminded him that I don't know, he doesn't know where he is spiritually right now. He's ambivalent. I'm not, I have no problem saying that now because we were all there one time. But I said, I'm not worried about you because A, the Bible says, train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And number two, someone told me once who was an MD and he was asking what kind of mate, where my son was going to college. He was going to LSU and um, majoring in engineering, which is like physics. And he said, are you worried about him? Because he could tell. I went, yeah. I said, you know, it's a science major. Isn't that a godless major? And he went, oh, no. He goes, it's a God-based major because physics majors and biology majors and science majors walk away going, only God could have done this. And so that's kind of what I told him the other day. I said, I don't know where you, I mean, I know you're ambivalent, buddy, but I know you're going to come back because I know you're the smartest person I've ever met. And you're going to look and say, only God could have done this. And so that's where it's, it's our, I mean, like you said, maybe our bottom, our end, it's realizing it's all, it's a different story for everybody. Mine was just realizing that I didn't, there was nothing I'd ever done to have a relationship with the Lord God, the creator of the universe. For you, it may have been something else. For someone else, it's something else. But it is recognizing who he is. And for me, it was the only path to God was through Jesus Christ. But you're right. Not everyone's faith-based. Some people um, worship the stars. Some people worship Buddha. And it's you are very respectful to people in their faith. And I think we should be. And it's like you and I talked about. You and I both have the feeling of we don't care what you do in your personal life. Just don't tell me how to do it in mine. Amen, sister. And so that's how I, I want to be respectful to people of different faiths. Okay, great. That's how you do it. But don't tell me then how to do mine. And that's why you and I have such a common interest in the political environment of whether you wear a mask or you don't, or you get a vaccine or you don't. I don't care what you do. Just don't tell me what to do. Amen, sister. I think freedom is the greatest thing on the planet. And I will say, I think one of the reasons why I believe that is I was not born as an American. I was born as a Canadian and I am now an American citizen. And I think it is truly the greatest country on the face of the planet. I, That's awesome. I, will, I will walk 
that road with anyone who wants to debate it. There's nothing more great than this country. And I'm a dual citizen. And I say that with a that gives me tears in my eyes. Oh, I, I love hearing it shakes that. Me. I have literally goosebumps all the time. And I think oftentimes people don't realize how amazing we have it until you realize that there's like so many people that don't. Hey friends, let me take just a moment for a little shameless self-promotion here. And that is, as you're listening to this podcast, I want to tell you some things about me that haven't been mentioned. And that one something is that I'm a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York, and I'm studying all online distance learning. And by the time September 2021 rolls around, I will have my full certification to be a health coach. I'm telling you because I want to invite you on the journey. Does that sound interesting to you? Health coaches are the future. Dr. Mark Hyman has said it. The New York Times has said it. So many people are turning to health coaches for their health to get you off the medicines, to eat nutritionally. Of course, nutrition has a lot to do with it, but there are many other components. And I know that because I'm a student at IIN. If you'd like more information, if you want to explore the options, there is a link in the show notes. I hope you check it out. I hope you join me. Faith is the exact same thing. Like once I realized, like I've been to Africa, I've been to Europe, I've been all over this world. And countries are amazing and great and all the things, but like, once you realize how freaking awesome it is here in the United States, it's like, oh my gosh, your mind is just blown with the possibilities. Like there's nothing on this planet you can't do. And it's the same thing. I think when I think about faith, I'm like, there is nothing on the planet that is like more important than my faith, because like, I can't do anything without it. Like you have astronomical, unbelievable abilities to do whatever you want once you have that. And like, that's what I just try to like, you know, I try to live my life and where like, again, like we said, you do you, I'll do me. But I also think that one of the reasons why I'm attracted to you and perhaps you to me and uh, people who listen to this is because that is the walk that we're walking and it's attractive as heck. Yeah, that's 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 right. They're the probably the deepest relationships I have are people that have similar feelings on uh, faith and freedom. I mean, the fact that you had freedom in there is something that I'm afraid this generation, I hope that is not something that's missed by them that we have enjoyed great freedoms. And I don't want to do anything to screw that up. I don't want our country to. Um, I don't want our youth to, you know, the people have gone to battle before us. We know that 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 flag can only be raised because of the people who've gone before us who've sacrificed their lives. And so we can have democracy, freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a great thing. It's a great gift here in the U.S. That's a good point. Absolutely. hundred percent. Going back to uh, the thing you said about the marriage, because a lot of my audience is either married or wants to be married. And I, I say all the time, the absolute best decision I've ever made in my whole entire life is my faith and my marriage. There's oh, zero questions, totally. <laughs> like none, <laughs> like zero data. What is the best marriage advice you have? Cause I think it's all, that's like a very like, you know, floaty type of question, but like, what is the best advice for you guys have been married 33 years. You dated just yeah. like a hot second before you actually got <laughs> married the exact opposite of Nathan and I, we were together for like almost a decade before we got married. You got married how quickly and tell me all the things. 
So um, I met Chris. Uh, actually, I, I knew him in college because he was this handsome guy that would run the bronze Adonis that would run up and down Maple Street in Fayetteville. And he's got the body of a he looks like a former NFL player because he does a thousand pushups a day and he's 59 years old. His silver hair. So, you know, he's not 20s, but he's got the body of a man who's 25 years old. I mean, so he's just very fit. And that what attracted me is his discipline. He is so committed to what's right. And so um, I remember seeing him in Fayetteville when we were students at the University of Arkansas. And then I had a blind date with his friend a few years later. And just I remember coming home from the blind date with both those boys, with Chris Fisher and his friend Kevin. I was like, they were the cutest things. Both of them were just very respectful. I like a man who's respectful to women. Um, That means a lot to me. Oh, women, please find men who are respectful to women who are nice to their mamas. I mean, it's a pattern. It tells you something. And then um, we I literally ran into him at a a party or an old bar in downtown Little Rock in the 80s. And uh, we got married five months after that. Like, I didn't know what kind of potato chips he liked. I didn't know anything about him. (laughs) He and he's so matter of fact. See, I, the other thing I don't like, I don't want someone to blow sunshine up my skirt. I need a truth teller. So that's what I'm saying. What I, what attracts me to Chris and people like you is that you tell the truth. You don't say something to get on my good side or to please. You know, I, I don't know. So I call it integrity. Yeah. Oh, it's complete. It oh, it is complete integrity. That is my absolute number one. Uh, maybe not number. I don't know if it's not number one. I don't know what would be, but to me, integrity is more important than anything else. Like I want a person 100% to know exactly who I am, whether you like it or you don't, I'm right. flopping. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's how I could describe my husband. So even, so we dated three months and he remember just said to me, very matter of fact, and this is what I love about him. He said, well, you either date to break up or you date to marry. He goes, I'd like for you to be my wife. I go, Okay. <laughs> And two months later, we got married and we went to Europe on a honeymoon because his dad had frequent flyer tickets anywhere in the world. His parents almost didn't come to the wedding because they they were like, we don't know her, except we know she's the loudmouth on radio and TV, but we don't know her. He's like, it doesn't matter. I know her. It's who the Lord's told me that I'm going to marry. And we just made a commitment. I mean, they're just there are a lot of hard times about marriage. So I used to say that the secret to happy marriage was two words, deep fryer. Um, but now I'm seeing that there, you know, it's it's faith has got to be part of it for us. Um, I mean, it's really respect. You know, there's there's a book called uh, Love and Respect that a woman wants love, but a man wants respect. And when a man gives us love, we in turn give them respect. And then when we give them respect, they in turn give love. So Chris is really the hand, the hand in glove, the yin to the yang. I mean, he's really my other half. And I don't know if we grew into that because we started pretty polar opposites. We're still polar opposites, polar opposites in so much of our lives, but we have the same value system. And I think having the same value system, um, is very important. I also think people need to remember you can't change anybody. So if you go into a relationship thinking, well, I'm just going to change him, that's not going to work. I'm just going to tell you. Because you want someone who it will dig their heels into what they believe. Because that's it. You don't want anyone who wavers. I, I would... Because I flip-flop all the time. I mean, I'm a marketer's dream. You could come to my door. I'd buy anything. Well, I have a man who doesn't buy anything, you know? So I need that. I need someone who's a balanced. Because I'm, I'm a nut. 
I'm, I am a nut and he is so rock solid and so sensible and keeps us. I mean, we're not in the poor house because of him, not because of me, because I guess there. So I need somebody who's really strong. So it's really finding. I mean, we don't, I guess I didn't know what my weaknesses were until I married somebody. Cause you, you know, the Bible also says that marriage is almost, it's almost a mirror to us because it shows us some things about us that we lack, but then I bring things to the relationship that he lacks. So it's part of that, the hand in glove situation. So I, I would say faith in our situation is definitely number one, um, but but we always say, he always says about me and I, you know, this offends people, but I love that he's honest. He'll go, Lisa and I aren't best friends because he goes, she'll sit there and watch the real housewives. And he wants to watch the NBA game. You know, he goes, cause if we we're best friends, we'd be wanting to watch the same things and do, but we like, we have time apart, even though the pandemic, we've all been together in one home, but I may watch something. He may watch something else. I, I, I'm i an extrovert. He's an introvert. So I want to go out with my girlfriends and talk and laugh and, um, you know, talk bad about somebody from fifth grade or something. Well, he wants to maybe just go smoke a cigar on at the country club. You know what I'm saying? So I love that we have differences about us, too. And that also keeps it spicy. And he's always thinking of ways to pursue me. He's a student of me. And I think that's an important thing to be a student of your spouse, to know what really, what they love, what, what makes them feel loved and do things for them that, and you just get the return of their love and adoration. I love it. I think the one thing that you said that was really, really important was the love and respect part. Cause Nathan has hit on that so many times. Cause one of the biggest you know, I want to say, quote unquote, problems in their, our beginning of our marriage is like one of the reasons why he was so attracted to me was because I was so independent and so like, mm-hmm. I can do everything myself. Mm-hmm. But it was one of our biggest problems as well, because I mm-hmm. consistently told him without telling him that I didn't need him. And that was a lack of respect. Right. And so oh, now yeah. I understand that I 1000% need him and I have to 100% make sure he feels respected in all of the ways. And, you know, I think if anyone's out there listening has never taken a love language test or an Enneagram Mm -hmm. test, I know Lisa knows that for for Mm -hmm. her spouse. I know Mm -hmm. I know it for mine. It's really helpful on how a person communicates, how a person listens, how a person feels value. And so I think those are some kind of takeaways that if you don't know that about a person and, and I think hitting home that you can't change someone. And I think the best way to change someone, because I will say Nathan and I are 100% different people than we were when we first got together, Mm -hmm. but it took working on yourself. I had Mm -hmm. to work on myself and then it made him step up to work on himself. And then now we kind of understand that we might be at different seasons in, in life, but we're each going to keep respecting each other enough and loving each other enough to keep evolving and changing and growing and becoming better. And so I think that yes, a person can change, but like it has to be a willing from themselves to want to change. That's right. That's right. That they would desire. The other thing that I do, and you do it too, is I, uh, we're talking about the friends we have. I don't have sour friends, pissy friends. I also only hang around with women who love their husbands. I don't hang around with women who badmouth men or their husbands. I, it, it's not attractive to me. So like when we were at lunch last month, all four of us have solid marriages, all very respectful about our husbands. And that that's real attractive to me in women. And it makes me, I, I love that they love their men like that because I know their men love them back. Yeah. You know, and it's good to be around those people. 
No, it's very interesting. I was actually uh, one of my clients, believe it or not, interviewed Nathan for her podcast. And she said, that's <laughs> awesome. Was, yeah, it was really cool. It was like his first podcast outside of mine. It was very, it was so fun. That's I was cute. so proud of him. But one of the things that she said on hers was it was so cool when she heard one time that, uh, like she was talking to this guy and he was building up his wife and that doesn't happen a ton. I grew up around a country club. So I worked at a country club when I was younger and all I heard was guys slamming their wives. And I'm just, it's just very off-putting to me. Like I will never, ever, ever talk negatively about Nathan to my family, to his family, to my friends and all the things. And there's a big difference between, you know, asking in a loving manner to like try to heal or help something, but like never will I disrespect him. And I'll be honest, out of the 18, 19 years that I've known Nathan, every time a guy says something like derogatory or negative or talks about, you know, things that don't need to be talked about in public, He's never one time chimed in. He finds it very irritating. And I, I respect that so heavily. That's the best way to kind of shut that down is to not participate in that type of talk. And then people realize pretty quickly, I'm not game for that. I'm not here for that. I'm not here. And it's the same way, but I think it's very attractive. And I know I love it when I meet the people, my husband's in medical sales and he's a vice president. So he travels all over the country. His reps are all over the country. And a lot of times in a zoom call or a phone call, they'll go, Oh, is that Lisa the car? And, and they will say from a genuine part, Lisa, your husband, like it makes me cry, speaks so highly of you. I I've been wanting to meet you the way you've raised your kids. I mean, I know Chris honors me like that. So I, and I feel the same respect for him. It's not to blow sunshine up my skirt. It's he does it out of, you know, the integrity is back to integrity. If that's a man of conviction who is, and again, a man who's respectful to women, that's just really, really important to me. Yeah. Really cool. And I also think too, that one of the reasons why perhaps you and I have that is because we have that for ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to think about what, what motivated us? And also, I, I do, that's when I do think about what our backgrounds are like. What, because I could have really, because my mother had two broken marriages and there was just a lot of divorce in my biological family. Now, the people who adopt me did not divorce. They stayed married till the lady who adopted me, my, I called her my mother also. She died a couple of summers ago. But um, so they had a long marriage. But I think um, I could have easily had a broken marriage. Uh, sought out men to, for my pleasure, not to really have a sincere, loving relationship. So there are just a lot of things, I guess we have, I've righted that ship of going, mm, that's, that wasn't a, a good fit for me. So I think we also come, it goes back to the nature and nurture of what was our impetus to do and act the way we do. Mm-hmm. I, oh, so, so good. I know people are going to walk away with this for a lot. So at you know, 58 years old, which is like so young because you, and, and when you were talking about Chris, um, you guys go on Lisa's Instagram, <laughs> you guys are like, seriously, the, the like most attractive couple. Oh, and I'm not just saying older couple, you guys are just attractive as a hell couple. Thank you. thank you. You really, really are. I'm just like, always like hashtag life goals because, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons, again, like I keep hitting home of why I think it's so important for people to hear that you can be super driven, passionate, successful, have a great career. You guys are building your dream house right now. Mm-hmm. Like you, tr- well, before COVID you traveled all the time, yeah, right. you go out, you're 
active. You guys, all of the things like 58 years of age. I know people are like literally counting down the days to retire. And that is exactly the opposite. And I'm just so inspired by that. And I hope that you too, listening to this, you know, decide that you can be thriving. You are literally thriving at 58. I cannot wait to see what 68 is like 78. I know. I I mean, that's, that's how I feel. And that's the other thing. And you do this too. I keep my, our bodies are temples of God, right? So I keep my body in the best physical shape I can. Now, am I my high school weight? No, that's not what this is about. It's about, you know, I'm drinking my water now because I haven't opened my fasting, my feasting window yet for today. I try to eat the foods. I love the foods that love me back. Um, I do have some autoimmune conditions. That is often a result of people who have high adverse childhood experiences. And because of that. Um, so it, a lot of times if you're raised in addiction and abuse and the things that I was, you end up having a lot of medical conditions. I have several, but I have the best cases any doctor has ever seen because I work so hard again, going back to, you know, what I said in the beginning of knowing who you are, learning about who you are, what you can do to be the best at what you can be. And again, it may not be, it's not being a size two, that's not it. I mean, you you know, I mean, we all know that, but when we're younger, we think, well, I got to be skinny and I've got to be this. And I think, you know, I have some gray hair. So what, you know, now I will say the brown spots and wrinkles I have gotten rid of thanks to the oh same laser that Christina uses. But cause you know what, I, I, this is what I say. I've been in front of a camera for 35 years, but I'm still relevant. You know, I, I still do. I still get called for TV commercials. I did some uh, Facebook lives the other day for somebody. I've got TV commercials that run in different markets because I still want to be the best I can be. And that's what my husband teaches me too. He he says, I want to be be the best I can be to be your provider, to be your husband, to to grow old with you. I'm not sitting, I, you know, I don't have a bark lounger in there or a lazy boy. And if you do, that's fine. But that's not my temperament to sit down and plop down and watch TV all day. I'm killing it all day, whether answering emails, working on a podcast, uh, writing a newsletter, working on my website. I mean, I just have a lot. I, I just have a lot of ideas that are turning up here all the time. And when I'm 68, I hope that I can teach so many people about their health and get them off medicines and have them exercising when they want to, but as frequently as they can get out in the sun, you know, all the things that I know help you live a long, healthy life. Mm, well, you already are, girl, just because Good. now you're going to be certified, you already <laughs> are. So before I ask you the final question, where can everyone find you? Where do you show up the most? Um, I show up the most. I mean, it's just the simplest thing to do. Social media makes it um, that I have Lisa Fisher said is the name of my podcast, but it's also the name of my website. And that came about when a friend of mine was about to move to another city and she goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. Shoot. And I said, what do you mean? Why? And she goes, well, I need to know what Lisa Fisher said on the radio that day or what Lisa Fisher said at lunch, because she goes, I take what you tell me. And I, And I apply it to my life. So I was like, that's the name of my website, Lisa Fisher Said. So lisafishersaid.com on on the gram, on the IG, Lisa Fisher Said. And also, you know, Twitter, I ain't hiding. And I always have something to say. Uh, And again, I'm not controversial, not the way I'm wired, but I do have a lot to say. So you can definitely find me on any social media platforms that way. 
Well, we will 100% put it in the show notes. I will share it. You will share it, especially since I didn't say one customer the whole entire show. You should be so proud. I think I've only done this twice because I have mad respect for you. And I also, yeah, absolutely. And well, here's, you know, go back to you. You don't have the type of ego that made you go, well, forget it then. But I didn't want you to compromise who you are. Never. To be something you weren't. So that's why I said, if you don't feel comfortable about it, then we'll just go about our day. But you were like, of course I can. Because I, you know, I knew you were in radio and TV. I knew you could do it. But it's whether you wanted to choose to do it. Again, I didn't want to try to change you. I wanted you to be authentic to who you are. And so and you are. I totally agree with that. And you know what the thing is about it is I am not compromising for one second on who I am. I right. just... respect you. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot from this podcast. I know that I get to be Christina, hence my hashtag at be Christina. I get to be Christina, whether I'm cussing up a storm, whether I'm yelling (laughs) on a soapbox, whether I am not, you know, I get to choose who I am every single day and every single moment. And that doesn't waver on my integrity and doesn't waver on who I am. So I just, and I think I am a person of respect and a person who like 100% respects you and thinks that my audience and and you can put a ton of value to people. And I know that everyone who has listened to this podcast will obviously, I really hope walk away with a lot. I didn't know we'd go so far down the the faith and relationship lane. And I'm really glad that we did because I think it's super important. So we'll we'll think about very, it's very important to both of us. So it had to come up. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So last question I always ask everyone is, is uh, a decision you had to make in your life. What was the hardest decision you made and what were you afraid to make it? And once you did, did you, if, did it work out the way that you thought it would or not? And what lesson did you learn? Well, you helped me walk through that decision when I was leaving uh-huh. radio because yeah. my identity, my identity was being yeah. uh, in front of a microphone for so many years. And um, you helped me uh, change my path in with that mastermind group and the four of us would get together. And that, that really was a pivotal moment for me as a business person. Cause sometimes media people fall in the rut of, well, I'm just a media person, you know, and you help me say, well, that that's bigger than what you think. That umbrella of media personality could be person that speaks truth into people's lives. that encourages people that, uh, takes risks. And you had me take that risk. You and the, the two other women who we met with, it was the four of us in uh, the fall. And then we met some into the spring. You helped me launch for me to go into that radio station, though they had offered me a new contract, but they were making me compromise to who I was. They wouldn't let me own my name. And that's kind of what happens in corporate radio. They would say, well, we own all of your intellectual property. And I, oh, that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I had to do hard things to that, Christine. I had a, this is where I don't like conflict. I had a, it makes my tummy tight. I had to hire an attorney here who read over it and um, said, no, we, you know, we, I can help you with this. I had to do some difficult things for that. And even my husband said, he goes, Lisa, you're so identified as the girl on the radio. You tell people where to shop, what to do. That was the one thing I knew I'd missed because I loved telling people those things um, in that platform. But as we know, traditional radio is dissipating, you know, they might not die. You're telling people what to do on a whole other platform and reaching so many more people because you took that leap and made that decision. And you helped me every step of that way. Thank you. You are so welcome. I adore you so much, you guys. Lisa Fisher, I'm so honored. Check out her podcast as well. You've had some killer guests on there. 
You had, had pioneer I had Pioneer Woman. Woman. She was just adorable. I had I had Melissa Racky. She's a girl that had a, a show on the USA Network. And then I've just had various people here and there who just brought joy to my face and my life. Uh, well, thank you for being here today. I love you lots, and I appreciate you. you guys. Check out Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.